Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, May 23rd edition of the show. More importantly though, Jake, this is a bit of a historic event tonight. This is... Actually, do you want to let people know why this is a historic podcast, at least for us, for our purposes? Why is this a historic podcast, might you ask? Uh, Do you want me to tell them? You can. It's uh, Jake's last podcast in the only apartment he's ever podcasted from correct this is the only podcast studio we'll call it that you've ever had and now you're you're moving on to to greener pastures so yes bittersweet yes and especially because just so everyone knows we will not have a podcast next week with it being memorial day we're taking it off we're still figuring out what our schedule is going to be for summer we'll kind of fill you in a little bit more on that at a later date um but yeah, I uh, starting next podcast will probably have a full kind of nicer setup, nicer studio. Won't have a bed. Won't have my wife's dresser behind me. Might actually have ducks pictures behind me instead. Yeah, you it, can it, really you can really go whole hog here. I know. I By know, the way, I'll, just want to yeah. chime in here. You may have just seen Kadri just got another goal in this Avs Blues game. Anyway, oh man completely unrelated but yeah it's exciting you're gonna be able to really spruce up your your very own podcast studio maybe i'll get lights maybe i'll make like really go all out and make you look worse than you typically do <laughs> wow thanks yeah, yeah I, d- I don't have much to lose so you know appreciate that appreciate yeah, of course you. of course you know i'm the one that typically dresses up for the show <laughs> i'm the one that's yeah. gonna make my environment look great and yeah. uh yeah yeah, you're looking really dressed up. Actually, you are looking pretty dressed up with your Crash the Pond hoodie. Thank great, you. Exactly. Great, great selection. I almost, I almost bagged you there, but then I saw the the hoodie and I was like, oh, I can't. DB DB Lowry saying I should do a Ducks version of Dangle's Blue Room. I don't have that many like toys. I don't have like those. <laughs> I'm like, glad you don't. All th- that'd be these, a little weird. These are my toys right here. I probably have bobbleheads also at work, but I've got the Gibson bobblehead right here. I've got a Zegris one somewhere. I've got this Wild Wing one right here. I've got just for Lou this Young Bucks Funko Pop set, and I've got a Korg Funko Pop. Yeah. There you, you go. Know? You That's know. That's good. That's a good yeah. starter. Yeah. Ah, uh, DB Lowry saying fan donations. If you do want to donate stuff to me to show on the pod, I will take it. Yeah, I don't think anyone's saying no to donations. So. All this being said, though, it is, it's a bit bittersweet because it is the only place that I've seen you podcast from. You've seen me in like seven, five different locations throughout this, and I've only ever seen you. Yeah, nine. let's see. We've seen you in two or three apartments plus your parents' house at some point. Yeah, I think I'm at four. And, and within some of those, there's been multiple locations, different, different, uh, different uh, does, floors does, within the house or the apartment or whatever. Does standing in the same apartment where you typically sit count as a different location? It might. The angle, the angle's different. Even within this very room that I'm in, I think I've had like five different configurations. So I'm, I've been the opposite of you, basically. Yeah. You've, if you've, you, been, you've been sat in the same chair <laughs> this entire time. No, it's been a different chair. The chairs change. You have you can, If you can't tell, we don't have a lot of news to talk about on this episode. Yes. Yeah. So usually this is the part of the show where we tell you what we're going to talk about today as it pertains to the last week in Anaheim Ducks news. But there was actually zero news the last week. I don't think that that's hyperbole. The Ducks didn't do anything. No hirings, no firings, no trades, no signings. Oh, Zegers caught a shark, though. That happened. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because otherwise... Mm-hmm. Thanks, D.B. Lowry. That, that may have been an issue. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so in, in, in spite of all of that, though, I think that we're still going to have a fun show for all of you guys today. We did turn it over to the listeners. We sent out a call for questions and we have quite a few. And I think that at some point we'll, we'll also get some from the Twitch chat. So it'll just be maybe a bit more of a laid back kind of off-season edition of the show and i think we'll we'll have a good time and, and still get into some good ducks topics yeah i'm trying to think when's the next time we're probably going to get news on the ducks because when's the draft have they set a date for the nhl draft uh yeah they definitely have it's uh, july 7th july so, 7th okay so it's probably going to be another couple of weeks i mean yeah. it, you know we'll see what the how the rumor mill will, will heat up but it's it's tough with the stanley cup playoffs really 
sucking in everyone's attention and, and kind of freezing, I mean, freezing everything. So I wouldn't really expect anything major for, for a little while now. No. I mean, we might start seeing trades maybe. I think typically it's like conference finals when maybe you'll start seeing some trades trickle out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the cup final, they try to avoid doing it or at least doing it on cup final days. Right. But yeah, so just kind of for everyone out there with where things are going, it's going to be a bit for the Ducks to do it. So when we do episodes, we're going to rely on you and answer your questions basically. And that's kind of what we we've done yeah, with this episode. And, and I think, I think we'll try to do some of our, you know, cause like last year we did a, an episode where we went into player grades for the season different yeah. things like that. So we'll we'll have episodes where it'll be kind of our own topics that and we'll be driving the bus, but there will also be episodes we'll where we'll just purely talk about what you guys want to discuss. So I think it'll be a nice and balance. It's also been suggested and maybe we'll see what we can do to get some guests on to talk about prospects and and yeah. in the lead up to the draft and see what we can do there. Yeah, this, I feel like this is the time of the year where people want to hear less from us and more from draft experts or yep. or what have you. So yep. so we'll we'll make it work. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yep. We we have things that we're, we're going to get kicking on to get some things going. But with that being said, anything else you, you want to talk about? Anything from your last week, Felix, that you want to vent about? Vent? No, I'm actually, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm happy that my Golden State Warriors are on the verge of sweeping the Dallas Fabrics and returning to the NBA Finals. So I'm hey, pretty happy. Can't our, complain. Our, and Tottenham qualified for the Champions, Champions League again? Did they? Uh, yes, they did. They beat wow. Norwich. Sun Sun Hyung Min uh, is uh, tied uh, Mo Salah for the Golden Boot, so yeah. co Golden Boot winners. And for anyone that's a, a Premier League fan, it was a good final day of the Premier League. Came yeah. down to the final game for the champion, and it was a really good time. Yeah, Man City, well deserved. Everyone wants to see them win. <laughs> I I had I had no dog in that fight. Did not care who won, but it was exciting. Yeah, no, the, and, the, and the Angels are exciting, even though they lost that that series. You know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and even the Stanley Cup playoffs, I feel like have have been pretty fun. There, for me, there's always a bit of a letdown after round one, where round one takes up so much time, so much of your attention, and then it almost feels like you have this big exhale before getting back into it. But I feel like with this second round, though, some of these series have been really good. I think that Calgary Edmonton has not disappointed so far. Although maybe you disagree with that. Maybe for you, games where you get nearly 20 goals between both teams is not, not enough. I don't know. Why, what, what would make you think that I, I, I'm perfectly happy. The only complaint that I have in that series is I just want both teams to lose. And so <laughs> I want it to like not have sudden death overtime, and they just are forced to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. Yeah, That's I, it. I, I don't like that Milan Lucic has become – like a centerpiece of this series with the controversy with the, the collision with Mike Smith. But I don't love that Evander Kane has also become a centerpiece of this series. Yeah. Some of the characters are maybe, I mean, Evander Kane is in a league of his own in that respect, but yes. certainly that, that has been a little bit tough, but it's still been great hockey. I think it's, it's cool to see Connor McDavid getting a real shot here at, at maybe moving on. And then, Outside of that, I mean, Colorado-St. Louis is going about how I expected. I think that St. Louis is making it a little bit tricky for the Avs at times, but the Avs are just so much better than at the end of the yeah. day, they're going to pull away. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened in this game specifically that's going on as we're recording. It's 4-1 to yeah. Avs after the Blues took a one nothing lead. So, yeah, yeah, the, the Avs are just the better team. And even though the Blues took one of the games, this series could be done in five. Yeah, and, and I think that one, I mean, the, the biggest development that we saw today was the fact that the Florida Panthers are done. Did not win a game in the second round, kind of meandered their way through the first round and, and got just handily dismissed in round two to the to the reigning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So I guess just a quick thought on that, because to me, I didn't really watch much of the series, but I think it is... To me, it's just more so a testament to the fact that, A, winning in the playoffs is really difficult because, not just because it's it's hard to win, but because there's also a lot of luck involved. But secondly, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are, are a machine. They're just really good. They've, they've kind of figured out the, the playoffs, so to speak. They took yeah. down a, real, a really high-powered Florida team. Some smoke and mirrors, maybe, but I think it, I wouldn't look at it as this big referendum on Florida. 
No, and the other thing is, it's funny. The end of the game tonight, I think it was uh, Eddie Olchuk said something along along the lines of, um, "What did Eddie the Tam- say? The Tampa Bay Lightning know how to play defense, or something along those lines of, and defense wins championships." Has the Tampa Bay Lightning allowed fifty plus shots on goal in the game? <laughs> like this was this was not a shutout that happened because the team played great defense. They had allowed glorious chances to the the Florida Panthers. I think the Florida Florida had like a four plus expected goal total on the night, and it was just Andre Vasilevsky playing insane, which happens. Yeah. Like that's the playoffs, and that's going to happen. And Vasilevsky is an elite goaltender. And but to to say that this game was because. They can play defense. They know how to close out games, all different stuff. This was a bad game. The Panthers were the better team, and which is actually also even funnier when you look at the the whole narrative going into the game about uh, the places that supposedly Tampa media said the Panthers were at. Yeah, and uh, so yes. the Panthers were the better team tonight. Yeah, although I I think that my maybe my biggest takeaway from Tampa is is Andre Vasilevsky yeah. because. He, you know, there was already articles going around. uh, There was one from Joe Smith of The Athletic today about where he's starting to fit in in the all-time, you know, hierarchy. And he's making a pretty damn good case for himself because for him, it's not just the fact. I think nowadays it's it's so much better for evaluating goalies because of the the stats that we have now that we didn't have back in the day with stats like goal saved above expected. And he's a very good goalie. He makes that team better with his play and he allows them to kind of play that tight checking style in the playoffs because he can just erase any mistake when they do happen. So he's got the playoff credentials. He's, he's piling up the regular season success. And I, I'm very curious when his career is over, when the dust settles, where he's going to be all time, because he, he might sneak into that top five is my, my early call. Actually, maybe even top three, just the way he's piling up accolades. Is DB Lowry said, is he already the best Russian goalie to ever play in the league? <laughs> I like that. I like that condition it, to ever play in the league because a lot of people would contend that Vladislav Tretiak is the yeah. best Russian goalie, but obviously didn't play in the NHL. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone better. I can't either. So, okay. Uh, let's get By to By the way, co- yeah. I just want to say this. Uh, the only correct answer to best goalie of all time is Dominic Hasek. Yes, that's that all. Is, that is correct. That's, that's all. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Pushhead two uh, had this question that they threw into our Twitch chat and gave us a hundred bits. So I wanted to actually uh, read it right now because they said, "Question: Since I can't stay for long, is it wrong to not have much hope next season, despite uh, the roster moves they might make because Aikens will be at the helm?" I think that's an interesting question. I think that if you've listened to our show, you would certainly expect us to say that, yeah, there might be some pessimism because you can't trust Aikens to maximize what he's been given. And I think that that's fair. I think it's fair to have some skepticism, but I do think that it's not just a matter of the roster. I think that next season, you have to factor in the fact that there's going to be a full offseason with Pat Verbeek basically being in Dallas Aiken's ear. We don't know to what extent the Ducks are going to build out their analytics staff this this offseason. And the roster could look drastically different. And, and that does matter because instead of, you know, maybe giving Dallas Aiken's better options, it's just taking bad options off the table that he's bound to use. And right? one thing I want to add here, of uh, there's a lot of people out there that thought, well, maybe when Pat Verbeek comes in, if he's more of an analytic mind, he'll dictate to uh, to Dallas Aikens what he should be doing in these situations, yada, 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 that type of stuff. thing to kind of remember, right, is Pat Verbeek took the job, what, early February? Yeah. Was when he took the job. And so he took the job early February, and the season ended late, what was it, early April, right? Late, late April. April, late yeah. April. So he was on the job for two and a half months. Basically he was like, picture when you, you take a new job, what do you do in those first month, two months? You're learning the environment. Ask a, fig- ask a bunch of questions, <laughs> figuring out what's going on around you, figuring out how everything works around you. I don't think he was necessarily in the spot where right then and there middle of the season, he was going to dictate exactly to Dallas Aikens what to do. He knew what he wanted to do from the roster building perspective long-term, but as com- as for this season, I think it makes sense that he was probably maybe a little bit hands-off with Dallas. Having mm-hmm. said that, 
now, like you said, he's going to have a full off season to be able to put his fingerprints on everything. And so that's why I think, well, yes, you and I have been very critical of Dallas Akins. We both have our thoughts on him. We both probably think there are multiple better, better options out there for the Ducks franchise. But <clears throat> I, I do think that, uh, I, I think that there is room for optimism with the fact that Pat Verbeek is going to have a big say in this uh, offseason. He's going to, like you said, probably take some of his favorites off of the team, probably implement guys that he likes more, that play a better style, and really kind of talk to Dallas about the way that he wants the team to play. And that's really important here. Right, right, exactly. And I, th- I think that there is there's definite room for optimism. I think you can't, you can't just dismiss what's happened the entire time that Dallas Akins has been the coach, but maybe to maybe I'll sound like a bit of an apologist or what have you, but the environment in which he's going to be coaching in is going to be a lot different than the one he's been coaching in his entire tenure with Bob Murray at the helm, with, with the different staff, not just in, in the front office in Anaheim, but San Diego, the assistant GMs, like so much is changing kind of under the hood for the ducks right now that, I could see I he's still going to be the same coach at the end of the day, but I I do think that his his decision making process could look a little bit better. So we'll yeah. see. I think you should just have an open mind for next season. Yeah, because Pushhead also had my worry is they sign someone and Aikens misuses him, uh, misuses that player when it's clear as day what the player's role should be. Um, and, and so I I think that's fair. I just think that there's going to be more of a say in terms of yeah. what uh, Pat Verbeek is going to dictate for mm-hmm. Dallas Akins, where maybe he was kind of on the back burner, seeing how evaluating, seeing how Dallas Akins works next season. He's going to essentially be on the, the front foot there. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's kind of where I view that. So want to start getting in some questions? Yeah. So we're just kind of going to hit it. So angels meme, uh, uh, we basically put out the call on Twitter. So we got some here. We got some from Discord, and I might even dip into YouTube because I think on YouTube on last week's episode we got oh. some uh, questions there. Uh, so Angels Meme said, "Long term, is Isaac Lundstrom a three C or a four C for the Ducks?" Ooh, that is an interesting question. So I think I, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, which maybe I do more often than I realize. You I definitely think that, do. Wow, thanks. Thank yeah, you. No, no problem. Pre- That's what I'm here for. Appreciate you. Here's my boring answer. I think he can be the 3C for this team. I think it might be likelier that he slots down into the 4C. But I think it's like, I think at the beginning of the season, I would have said 90-10, he's going to be 4C. I think now I'm probably more 60-40, he'll be a fourth line center. I, I think he showed enough this year to where, okay, there's something here that could end up being a useful player. The problem is the reason why I still have it leaning towards fourth line is because I still don't completely see the offensive upside where in the modern day NHL, you need three centers who can do something with the puck in the offensive zone. I mean, Lewis is asking or saying this is a classic yes and no answer. And Olaf is saying, are there two sides to coin though? I mean, I gave an answer. I think I gave an answer there. Okay. Um, long-term I'm going to go with, uh, I don't think he's going to have the offensive upside long term to be a four to be a three C. Okay, I I just don't think so, and I think that's going to be the biggest issue here because in the modern day game, it's no longer just a top six. Yeah, like you need to have scoring on multiple lines, and some people may look at that and say, well, he pro- scored what sixteen goals this year, but you look at his shooting percentage. We've talked about this so much it's not sustainable from what he's produced. And he doesn't necessarily have the offensive drive to be able to, uh, to keep that up and push that. He's a great transition player that put with the right players that are good at pushing player of the way he can be good. But I think that he is someone that is more so slated to be a four C with good wingers that are good at controlling play in the offensive zone Yeah, that can then complement his game. And I think that's the biggest thing. And while, and I think that that will really help him the most because I think honestly, that's something he hasn't necessarily had. He hasn't had wingers on his line that can really compliment him. Yeah, because, I mean, for most of the season, just off the top of my head, he played with, what, Jakob Silverberg, who kind of struggled this year a little bit, and Derek, Derek Grant. Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not exactly ideal. I still just, again, I just don't, I don't see the offensive upside either, and that's why I think it's just going to be tough 
for him to crack that role. That being said, I think in today's game, you do see guys take offensive steps more. I think that the way that skills coaching has progressed, guys, it's more it's more feasible now to actually get better offensively than it used to be. You well, can't improve he, those skills in your reads. Yeah, and I think his biggest issue, we've talked about this a lot, is he needs to basically, when he's in the offensive zone, he needs to be looking to make a play and not just essentially take it to the outside and stay along the boards. Yeah. And whether that's make a pass, whether it's anything like that, the issue is when he enters the zone, nothing happens. And so that's the issue. Yeah, I, I think that with him, I almost said with Isaac, doing my best uh, Ducks commentary, impression there but with 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 isaac it's it's much like troy where i think that you know troy terry the last couple years of his career was really good at gaining the zone right was really good in transition that's something that we had seen in the tracking data but once he got there wasn't necessarily the best at turning that into offense and i think the big shift for for terry this year was that he started really prioritizing attacking the middle lane and really getting into that slot area, yeah. trying to beat defenders, or even off the cycle, trying to work his way in. And I think for for Isaac, uh, what he, if he can just take that mentality of instead of driving wide when he enters the zone, to just try to go to that middle area and then go back out to his well, wingers. That's that's what could help his offense as well. Either that or looking to make a pass. Looking to make a pass across the Royal Road because that's mm-hmm. the other thing. He doesn't necessarily make passes in the offensive zone to create plays. And even mm-hmm. if it's a simple 5-10 foot pass, those 5 foot 10 foot passes in the offensive zone that make the goalie move can do him wonders in order to create offense. Yeah. Um Heyo 25 actually had this um said uh, for the un- uninitiated uh, how much more offense is expected of a 3C versus a 4C, and how important is that versus playing a role? Hmm. I mean, it depends how you want to view it, whether it's play driving or uh, or their just sheer production, goals and assists. I don't know how I would define that, but when you look at guys that are playing third line, I think that those are guys who are still capable of scoring maybe about 20 goals a year right? 20 goals plus a year. Well, I, I mean, look at it like this. This is, a, I think, an easy way to kind of almost, from a Ducks perspective, compartmentalize it. Mm-hmm. On a good team, Adam Henrique is a good three, Is it, or on a good team, Adam Henrique is a 3C. Yeah. From a production That's- standpoint. He's a consistent 20-plus goal scorer, consistent um, consistent 40-plus, uh, 50-plus point, point scorer. Like, that's exactly what you want from your third-line center. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and, whereas and then, and then a fourth line guy is really interchangeable, right? Yeah, you're, it's not a guy you're even really looking to for production. It's a guy who's going to get ten to fifteen goals a year, but really you're just looking to that guy to control play when he's out there to just not be a liability. And so you only really care about production after you know from your first three centers. I don't think fourth line center is a position I'm really caring about when it comes to goals and assists. So. Yep, agreed, and I think that's kind of where... If you're paying for goals and assists on your fourth line, you're, you're probably not a good team because you're probably doing it wrong. Well, or maybe it's something where you are an excellent team and you are just scoring the lights off of everyone. Yeah, no, but, you know, the teams that overpay for fourth-line talent, yes. I mean, there's, there's yeah, examples yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout history. Yes. A guy has a good playoff run, gets a contract, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone in the tw- chat is now, Henrik's your perfect 3C, yet he's being deployed as a first-line winger. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Love that just kind of goes to show. Um, Curtis asks, uh, is 2022-23 the year Steele scores the elusive seventh goal of the year, or does he land on six for the fifth straight year? Maybe I'm <laughs> missing it. Has Sam Steele really scored six goals every year for the last however many years? Uh, let's and, see. and I didn't know this. Uh, let's see here. So he had six. Yes. He has scored six goals. I, I did not, not know this. I did not know this either. How did this happen? This is a really good find. Yeah. So I think it's unfortunate because he had six goals in 22 games his first year. And he's and he's played at least double the amount of games that, every year since and has so not exceeded six. He's had one hat trick, right? So he had half of his uh, goals that entire season <laughs> on that hat trick. Oh, that's nasty. That's does, nasty of you. Does Sam Steele give up 23 to Mason McTavish and change to 66? <laughs> Oh man, that is that is brutal. I don't want to keep wow. piling on Sam Steele. Wow, how that is? I'm just impressed that like, but no, none of us knew about this. No one found this, and yeah. thank you, Curtis. This is like a perfect CTP bit. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Six goals, Sam. Six goals, Sam. There we go. <laughs> six, six, and six and twenty-three. <laughs> six over four seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh uh, wow! Wait, why is he saying in his tweet he had said seven? Uh, uh. Oh wait, never mind. Fig- yeah, figured it out. Figured out. You can answer your question there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, oh, I'll go. Uh, does he land on six for the fifth straight year? I'm gonna go with yes. He's. I'm going with he's, yes. He's he's remarkably consistent. He's insanely consistent. So we're going with yes. Yeah. Uh, Ragey asks, uh, with Edmonton showing what happens when you put your best players on the same line together, are we more likely to see Zegras, Terry, and Fiala? Um, maybe uh, subs Milano if no uh, Fiala. Wait, hold on. Repeat that question. Are we are basically with the fact that kind of it's copycat league? Edmonton is showing what happens when you put your best players on a line together. Are we more likely to see Zegris, Terry, and Fiala together, maybe, or maybe you sub out Fiala, uh, sub out Fiala for Milano if that doesn't happen? I like how we're just already in the in, in the Fiala world. Um, so I think that that's that's a card you can play when you need it. I think that the Oilers have tried to get away from that at times, right? That's been their whole thing. How can we get away from purely relying on combining Dreisaitl and McDavid? And so I think that for, you know, looking at the Ducks, in a situation where you're down a goal or you're down a couple goals, you're trying to come back in a game, yes, then you can load up. That's the that's the beauty of bringing in another offensive another offensive star is that that you have that lever to pull on. But I wouldn't expect that to happen regularly. I think it makes more sense to try to spread the wealth if you can. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think that... I, I think it's good to have them play together for bits and pieces of a, yeah, a season. Yeah, because, because you want them to be ready when their number gets called, basically. When that line is called yeah, upon. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, so, we got this question. So, we'll hit this, and then we'll go to the ad read. Okay. Uh, so, this comes from uh, our good friend, Trevor Zegras. says, hey, Duke, hope all is well. A couple of questions tonight. One, I would assume neither, uh, neither. but do you think the offer shooting Jesper Bratt could possibly work or unlikely Patrick Line? Interesting, interesting. Well, it was asked to you, Jake, so... You got to take oh, the lead on this. Uh, Jesper Bratt would be worth it. Uh, he is very, very good. The one thing I'm trying to look up very quickly, because honestly, I haven't put that much thought into Jesper Bratt as a duck, but he's only 23 years of age. Um, yeah, he's young. Sure. Yeah. I mean, go for it. If you can get him on an offer sheet or trade. I mean, here's the issue. The Devils are going to probably match any offer sheet that you give him. Yeah, why would the why would the Devils let him go? He's like yeah. a key component of their their rebuild or their their build, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, maybe so, in a Gib- maybe in a Gibson trade. Maybe that <laughs> actually could work. Could it though? I mean, if why would you do that if you're the Devils? Like you have this this elite, you know, young offensive talent, and you're gonna move him for this goalie? And we're not having this debate again. We're not doing you, this again. You have to give to get. All right. Moving on, moving uh, on. Two, if the Ducks were to give uh, Johnny uh, Johnny G a contract and you were a GM, what would your limit be? Oh, boy. Well, he's getting, what, at least 10? He's getting seven years for sure. Yeah, he's getting seven years for sure. Would you do it for seven years? Oh, boy. Johnny Gaudreau's elite, and the Ducks need elite players. I do worry about the aging curve there but i i have this belief that he's he can make it work so i would say yes there you go okay i'm trying to i'm trying to cut to the chase and say yes i i'd be hesitant i probably wouldn't do it because of the term the the aav doesn't concern me the term does because i mean yeah look at john Tavares, right yeah i think that the weird thing with gaudreau is that he he isn't you know he's one of those guys whose games I feel like everyone can come up with reasons why a guy will age gracefully but with Goudreau he really is a guy who's not I don't want to say he's not physical or he you know he doesn't he doesn't take damage or whatever but he's one of the guy, those guys whose game is predicated more on skill and skating and I feel like that has a way of aging maybe a little bit better than a guy whose just game is predicated on going to the front of the net winning battles along the wall maybe he ages a little more gracefully. And I really do think like to me, the whole one thing you have to consider with any free agent you're bringing in is that 
you're going to have guys like Trevor Zegers and Mason McTavish who are going to enter their primes in not that long, in two, three years, and that helps offset some decline to a degree. Yeah, so. yeah that's fair. Um, all right. So anything else you want to add on this topic? Uh, no, I think I would I would love to see Johnny Gaudreau in Anaheim just from an entertainment perspective. All right. So let's get to a word from our sponsors. I don't have a fancy transition on this one. Don't have anything wow. on my mind. You've, you've been tooting your own horn for the last have, few weeks here. I, I've, I've been trying to think through to find something. But, you know, uh, Felix, Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching. And it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch. So you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using code CTP at manscaped.com. So let's say you're on a date, Felix, and your partner catches that manscaped on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to pleasure town. This is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below the waist grooming. The trimmer offers skin safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Outside of just ball trimming, they're now focusing their efforts on helping out your thigh slappers in other ways with game changing boxers. <laughs> These boxers feature the Jewel Pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric uh or perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated basically just imagine your ball sipping pina coladas chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach and the micromodal fabric is buttery soft and breathable keeping your cucumber cool walk run strut these moisture wicking moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat the tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. The front fly opens gives uh, front fly opening gives easy access to make bathroom ma- bathroom breaks quick and efficient. You can choose uh, from an arrangement of designs and colors and size ranges from small triple XL for all of my guys out there. So you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with code ctp at manscaped.com once the boxers 2.0 touch your sack you'll never go back they are pretty comfortable actually um we have a question about it honestly from 91 pluty for you felix does manscape protect against stingrays i don't think i can say yes to that question uh believably so but so I don't think s- you can you can say no either. That's true. That's true because I was not – maybe that's where I went wrong. That's a great yeah. question. Maybe when I was in the ocean last week, if I had – actually, I know. I know that if I had been wearing my Manscaped boxers, that I would not have been slashed, that I would not have been stabbed in the foot by a stingray. Yeah. There you go. That's a there good you, point. There you go, folks. Uh, yeah, that, that ad read was uh, one of my favorites. The, uh, the, the 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 cucumber and the thigh slappers just just broke me. You laughing broke me. I was <laughs> I was doing a good job of keeping it together. <sighs> okay. Okay. Alright. Time 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 to move on. Time to move on. Uh Ducks so now we're gonna go to our Discord. Ducks Jagnaut asks us which prospect fills roles or fill roles on the roster next season and which roles need to be filled by free agents. And follow-up question, which uh, would be which free agents should uh, Pat Verbeek target to fill those holes? Yeah, so that's a good question because I think that right now, if you look at the Ducks, let's call it their top six. I think that there are guys who I think you can expect to be there next season. I think Trevor Zegras is in the top six, despite any attempts by Dallas Higgins. I think Troy Terry is solidly in the top six. Sonny Milano... He, you know, pending RFA, we don't know exactly where that's going to go, but I'm going to say, yes, he will be back in the top six. I think Adam Henrique is going to be in there. So that's four out of the six. After that, you've got, I mean, is Max Contois going to be in that group? That is a little bit up in the air. Is Mason McTavish up in that group? I think that the top six is 
maybe ironically, I don't know what the word would be, but weirdly, maybe where you see some prospects, because I think Jacob Perot, I don't know if he's a guy who's going to be played in a depth role, and maybe that's where he come he can come in. Uh, Mason McTavish, same thing, although I think he's got more potential to play in a depth role. So I think up front, that's where maybe you see guys take a step forward. You know, even a Braden Tracy, he's a guy who they may give a look just as a depth piece. I don't know. I don't think he's got the offensive game to crack the top six, but I think that those that's where you can see an impact from uh, the forwards at least. And on the blue end, on the blue line, the back end, the Ducks have uh, they have prospects there as well. So there is a pretty big wave of prospects that I think can and some will make the leap but you still have to fill out the rest with with free agents. Yeah, and and I think I don't really have a good idea for the free agents because it's more so looking at depth guys, and I feel like that's something that I'll need to kind of look at a little bit more, I mean, in depth, uh, to figure out exactly who it would be. But I I think that first and foremost, I think you're right, getting prospects, I think they could really use another high-quality winger in a trade. I think that's why both you and I have looked at Kevin Fiala so in-depth because adding a guy like that could be so important for this Ducks franchise. I I, I think realistically this team needs to go out and make make a couple big deals. Yeah, well, because I think for them what would be better is instead of trying to fill out the bottom of your roster with depth guys, just get bigger name guys at the top and then push everyone down yes. as opposed to guys who are a little bit out of place. You were just, we were just talking about uh, Adam Henrique, probably a three C and a good team. Why keep him up there by bringing in uh, kind of bit free agents at the bottom end when you can get better guys at the top end and get well, a guy like Adam Henrique in a more natural slot. That's kind of been the issues with the issue with the Ducks franchise franchise basically for the last, I don't know, four or five years, however long it's been, yep. where essentially Bob Murray put too much trust into this next wave of guys and thought that just because he liked these guys that when they went into yeah. an elevated role, they would fill that role nicely instead of understanding, no, by doing that, you're putting them in wrong spots, putting them in bad positions, putting them in spots to fail by putting them too high in a lineup and not giving them the support that they needed. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I think that... It, Right now, if you're Pat Verbeek, I don't think that you can look at the Ducks' crop of of prospects and say, yes, there's at least one or two guys that are going to really come in and and be high-end contributors. I just said I think some of them can and will, but I don't think that anyone's coming in and making a huge difference. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. I I mean, certainly has happened on this show. Maybe Mason McTavish does that. But at the end of the day, you can't, like you said, the last four years are proof that you cannot bank on that. You need to you need to kind of make you need to make stuff happen if you're Pat Verbeek, and I think that's what he'll do. Yep. At a, uh, Taco Pie asked us. I don't know why I always see that name, and I always think Atacopi, and then I realize, oh no, it's a taco. Uh, a Taco <laughs> Pie asked, "What you been playing lately? I've been on a Super Nintendo kick lately. You know wow. what, Felix? Love that. So love that for you. S- seeing as I'm getting ready to move, I've been just cleaning out the apartment." Yeah. And I forgot that I had a second Super Nintendo. Ooh. Uh-oh. Maybe we'll have a raffle idea in the future. Or just hit me up and I'll figure out something. You just but give it regard- to me. Oh, you want it? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Okay, there you go. Sorry, folks. Feel like it from you. What games do you have? Now I need oh, no. Know. I already have, but I'm keeping my Super Nintendo games because I have a Super Nintendo. So it's just the, it's just the Super Nintendo? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk. We can we'll figure talk. out a we can figure out a price you can pay yeah. me. Yeah, it works though. To take it uh, off your hands. Yeah, I mean Super Nintendo is always great. Uh, NHL yeah. ninety four is great on there. Actually, you want to know what is I think one of the absolute hardest games of all time? Well, I have a name, I, but actually it didn't originate on Super Nintendo, so I want to hear your your pick. Donkey Kong Country two. Wow. Okay. Did not expect that. That game is miserably hard. Well, those okay. So those side scroller platform games from the '90s are actually really hard. Or like they're some, so hard. So the original Super Mario Brothers on the Super Nintendo, like the remastered version on Super Mario All Stars, is ridiculously difficult for that because the, the the physics are just so clunky and bad that you just slide off of blocks, you die left. Maybe I just suck, but this is like a known thing, at least that I've heard. So yeah, the good, the thing with it's a good shout. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country, I think it's two is the harder one. One is still hard. The, like, mine level where you're, like, in that, like, mine cart and having to jump around is one of the most stressful moments. Like, those controllers are also so flimsy. 
Like, yeah. As a kid, I guess it, I didn't realize it, but Smaller I'm like, hands. there's so many people that like probably broke those controllers so easily out of <laughs> rage quitting and just being so angry. I guess the benefit to them is you can throw them with no care because they're not going to break. It is funny though, because I don't think, I don't think I've had more fun, like since the, those old consoles, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, I don't think I've had more fun playing video games since. Like it's, it's been all either the same I, or downhill. No, I disagree. Sure. Anyway, we should, people then are not tuning oh, in for this. Uh, but he asked, what have we been, we've been playing lately? What are you what been, have been playing? I haven't really been playing anything, to be honest. I, I bought, I bought NBA 2K22 thinking I was going to play it and I haven't played it at all. I spent $30 and have not made good on my investment. So I, let's see. Obviously I've been playing, you've been playing Call of Duty. I've been playing some Warzone, getting back into that. And then, what was it? On the weekend I played, I finally got back into playing some Horizon Forbidden West. I'm probably maybe 20 hours in and hadn't played in about a month or so. Just got busy with a lot of stuff and just decided to sit down and put a couple hours into it. It was fun. It's a great game. Wow, so you're Beautiful so busy game. You're so busy that you had two hours to, to dedicate to this game. Yeah, okay. I did. Okay. Okay. I did. Fair, fair enough. You know, Fair enough. Some, sometimes people need mental breaks from everything they're doing to <laughs> yeah, be able to see, decompress. I, I'm, I'm not good at that. That is my problem. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, Olafus Berserker said, with some of the recent coaching departures around the league, where do you place odds that Dallas Akins isn't the head coach of the Ducks at the start of the 22-23 season? So, essentially, Ooh, oh, okay. uh, essentially for the saying, upcoming season. Basically, Pat Verbeek goes back on his word in a way because there's a new G- new coaches out there that really make him intrigued. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I I, 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 I don't I'd put it I'd put it at zero percent. I don't think it's zero percent. I think it's zero percent. I think it's one percent. No, I think it's zero. I think that you know Pat Verbeek is he's new to this game, right? Well, he's not new that, to the NHL. That's fair, but he is new to the GMing and your word GMing job. Your word matters. You don't like, it's just terrible optics to say that a guy is back to have the whole social media PR push from the team. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, there's a new prettier girl and I'm going to dump you because this one came up, right? It's just, no one would respect that. And I think that that would really tarnish uh, his image around the league. Uh, and so I, I don't see that happening. Um, all right. Uh, our good also, friend, I mean, I mean, it would be a bit of a weird move, right? Our, our good friend Eric Ducks Dragonat um, has a question just for you, Felix. Why do I always get the specific <laughs> questions? I feel would targeted. You, I don't. Would you rather see a third coaching stint for Randy Carlisle or be stung by a stingray again? A third coaching stint for Randy Carlisle, <laughs> without hesitation. <laughs> that bad for the stingray? It hurt like it hurt so bad. It was the worst pain I've ever felt. But Randy Carlisle, you'd be putting me in pain <laughs> Randy also. Randy Carlisle took the Ducks to the conference final. You'd be putting me in pain also. The Stingray, it's only you in pain. Yeah, no, I that that hurt so freaking bad. I will I'd never want to experience that again. Uh so yeah, Randy, come on down. It yeah. Wow. Give wow. me this. Oh. All the <laughs> Did you just? Yes. Ni- yes. Nice one, Not, Connor. Yeah. Not reading it. Uh, yeah. Olaf is berserker. Said, "How seriously do you think Pat Verbeek will consider trading one of the first round picks?" Very. I think he's very seriously going to consider it. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of you have to you have to push for that because the Ducks. While yes, if they just make the picks, that's completely fine, and they will continue to stockpile their their cupboard. I do think that they're at the point where they want to get better now. And, 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 you know, a, a pick in the twenties is just not really going to do that for you. Um, yeah. even the 10th overall pick, you could maybe argue in the short term, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kralsey said, how much media, uh, or, uh, how much medication did it take, uh, Felix to calm down from North slash South gate? <laughs> it took zero medication. But you, I was, you were very worked up. I was pretty flustered. I was pretty flummoxed. You were, and I was laughing the entire time. Well, Jake kept going the next day and like made it worse. Made it worse. By the way, should we not tell people that the poll results came in and then I they think did? It's over seventy percent of people said yes, it's 
uh, not North County. So you know, anyway. at this point, I've shifted my argument to just simply say, yeah, the, yeah, of course you have. I've shifted my argument to more so just say Green Bastard in our twi- in our Discord chat is wrong for actually drawing the line as being straight east west. <laughs> yeah, the so lines by at, the way, the line's s- at an angle. Thirty. So between the so with the choices of South County or North County, thirty-two percent of people said North County. So. Sorry, Jake. You're in the minority. You know, we're we're the bold, we're the brave. We speak <laughs> we speak our mind. Uh, <laughs> Olaf is berserk said follow up question: Who provided the best representation of what North and South OC was, and why was it not Lewis? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I'm gonna go with it. It's anyone that just has the slanted line. That that whether that's Olaf, whether that's Connor, whether that's me, the slanted line is the way to go. In is the angle. It's I'm not. Just, I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the peace the peace sign emoji right now. I'm not entertaining this this discussion anymore. It, why are you, do you do you disagree that it's an angled Pe- line? Peace sign emoji. I'm just it's, I'm it, out. It's an angled line. It's an angled <laughs> line. All right. Uh, Ninety one Pluty said, "I know it's a bit early. Can each of you give your?" Th- uh, current three favorite prospects for the Ducks to take at number ten, and he also Ooh. said Stingray can be a prospect. Or do we really have to keep bringing this up? <laughs> the Stingray. I feel like the Stingray is now going to be a bit on this show. Yeah. Oh God. Um. So favorites at number ten. I mean, Savoy. Gonna... Savoy is one that's one of my favorites. So how do you pronounce? It? Is it Nazar? Frank Nazar? I think so. It, yeah. Is I'd he? Have... Is he? I feel like there's a chance he's available at 10 because the boards are so all over the place. Yep. I love his skating ability. I love that he can kind of bring that dimension to the Ducks. So he'd be a player I'd want. Savoy, I think, Ducks. has a high skill level, high uh, high skill ceiling that I like. And then Brad Lambert's just intrigues me. I, I think mm-hmm. just the, the profile that he's had, sure, there's obviously concerns about what's happened to him. I would, but- I would, I would love to – oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. I would love to see the Ducks just take a crazy dart throw at Daniela Yurov just because he's yeah. got a he's got a very intriguing projection in hockey prospecting, but he is also a bit of a gamble because he didn't really get a chance to show anything in the KHL. We also don't know what the status of those players is going to be, but I just think it would be crazy for the Ducks to, to really kind of just take a wild swing at number 10 with him. Uh, DB Lowry says, what's the odds on the Stingray getting drafted? <laughs> is the stingray still alive what's their lifespan actually i want to find this out now i mean the spear didn't end up like stuck in you so i think no. you're fine so I, or i think it's fine i think it was just a warning holy crap stingrays live for around 15 to 25 years in the wild these things roam around for for a quarter century that's actually insane i'm scared now I've been told I need to get Tampa Bay Rays gear to have in the house. Oh God, yeah, it, the cut is like just now. Oh, like, like, I, clo- like healing. For, I guess Stingrays can lose their barbs and stay alive. They're not like bees. I was thinking no. about that they were like bees. Yeah, I mean, it's for it to get stuck in in you. Like it's got to be a a mean a mean stab. I I just gotta I just gotta scrape basically. All right, Duck Shacker says the, the, the venom is what causes the pain. Yeah. Which ex duck currently playing on another team? Another team would provide the best value for the Ducks if they were brought back. I mean, Josh Manson's playing well in these playoffs, mm-hmm. and I think that he would. I mean, now he might not be. He might not have to, but I think he might be able to to take. He might be willing to take a discount to to come back to Anaheim because I think he did want to stay. At the end of the day, I don't think it was his preferred route to leave the ducks so and he's played well and he played he had a great season for the ducks statistically Mm -hmm. this last year so you know and the ducks don't really have great depth right now in the back end uh it's kind of tough to see how that changes all that much this coming season and then of course you know on the right side kevin shattenkirk was horrendous this year so yeah and my team bring bring josh home maybe yeah i could see that i think him or raquel are the two yeah raquel on a two-year deal something like that yeah i think uh did you did you see by the way the video of uh of the manson with the chick-fil-a thing yeah 
I that, yes, I've been told. I didn't realize that that was like right after he was traded. That was like a month ago, or like two months yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was excellent. That yes. was excellent. Uh, ninety-one Pluty said, uh, in regards to this question, why is it Nick Delorier? <laughs> no, were no. they talking about that? On was it thirty-two thoughts? Thir- thirty-two thoughts mentioned it, and I, I hope it's. Yeah, I, I have no words. Jake, would you rather get stung by a stingray or have Nick Delorier stingray. be back in the Ducks next sting season? Sting me, sting me up, sting me up. Give me that venom. Give me that sweet, <laughs> sweet venom. <laughs> wow, that's how I know you really don't like Nick Delorier. Yeah, uh, ninety-one police said, "What is the likelihood Kevin Chattenkirk is still a duck come October? Expiring deal. Could Verbeek want to trade him prior to the deadline?" I mean, what's his value right now? It's got to be kind of low, right? I mean, he did have points this year. Yeah, that's the weird thing is I think it's higher now than it was last year. Yeah, so going off of narrative and points, maybe he's a guy you trade this summer. But, I mean, if the Ducks want to be good next year and he's on, he's got a year left, he's cheap, he doesn't seem like a guy you'd want to trade right now. doesn't seem like it makes sense. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Shake and Wink says, but oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that because I wouldn't. I'm just saying I don't see them doing that. Shake and Wings asks us, what type of music genre does each major sport prefer? I mean, hmm. I think that's just more so. I think NHL is always going to kind of be hard rock, right? Sure. MLB. I don't know. MLB is weird. Well, I think you go by you know each sport. So like. I think they're all kind of the same nowadays, to be honest. I think that the way that there's, you know, with with social media and yeah, sharing playlists fair. and stuff, I think they're all kind of the same. Yeah, so, that, that's fair. Yeah, I will say that I like when there's a team that goes uh, off the beaten path, which is why I'm a big fan of the Maple Leafs goal song. I knew you were going to bring that up. Because Hall & Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True, is not a normal sports song. Oh, no. like in general to be played at all and for yeah. that to be the song that's blasted after your team scored a goal is just fantastic yeah be- best goal song in the league do they change it next year though they should not okay they should not uh sp84 says should the ducks replace josh manson on the defense with a trade acquisition free agent signing or prospect and olaf is berserker followed up said should the ducks replace josh manson with josh manson I mean, if you can get him on the right deal, I would be pro bringing him back. Yep. Um, I I don't think they have anyone right now in the system that screams at me that he can come in and fill that void. I mean, the the options right now on the blue line that are signed for next season, on the right side, so just in the system, you have Axel Anderson. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see him in the – I mean – I think we'll see him in the NHL at some point, but I don't know if he'll become a regular. Drew Hellison, you know, is he ready to take that 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 leap? So, I mean, those are your options on on the right side right now uh, that that are signed through next season. So, yeah, it would make sense to bring him back, honestly. Yep. Uh, and uh, I almost said his uh, new name, but Green Bastard, who has now relabeled himself North South Bastard after the the great debate, said. <laughs> How much did the Florida Panthers pay the rest for this game? This was sent mid-game. Um, it doesn't seem like they did. And that was because the goals were disallowed. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Um, 91 Plus said, thoughts on the gold the Ducks use in the color scheme? Personally, I'm not a fan, and I hate that it's been a main color in the primary logo for You so like that long. gold. I do. I'm a big yeah. fan. I liked it when gold, when orange was the accent and gold was the bigger secondary color. Yeah, because because I think black and gold go really well together. I think gold as the the outline for the numbers was a whole lot better than orange as the outline for the numbers. I, yeah. I think it just looks better. I think it's a big reason why I really like LAFC's kit because the black and gold just really work well together. Um, what's that look? MLS reference. So, oh but, my, it is four three in this St. Louis call. Oh wow, I'm just checking um. So, yeah, I'm a fan of it. I do think that going to the orange is a good call, though, because of the Orange County, like, callback yeah. and everything. At the end of the day, though... There's a way go- to make it more tasteful, I think. Yeah. But at the end of the day, go back to Eggplant Jade. That That's just not going to happen. It should. It should. Just just bring back an Eggplant Jade jersey. Like, just have one in the rotation. Don't, yes. 
I don't. I, I don't think they need to make it the the brand again. They just. I mean, to, they should, but they're not. I going know to. that we're. That's just as long as Henry and Susan Samueli own this team. I don't think that's going to happen. So, I'll let you answer this because I'm trying to come up with an answer as as I'm reading it. Uh, okay. CJ asks, "Why does CJ sound like an 11 year old boy on the mic?" Why did CJ CJ said that about himself? He did. Uh, why does he sound, I guess my question would be why 11 years old? Why not 10? Why not 12? Like that's a very specific number. I don't know. I can't answer that question for C- you, CJ. CJ, I, CJ, we, we, I think I'll just say this. We, we love you how you are. No, no need to, you know. See. Oh, I, I was going to say CJ. I think it's because at your new apartment, you, apartment, you built a basement and moved your mom in so that you could uh, be a true blogger and blog from the basement. And you know, when you're a basement blogger, you have to have a voice of a 10-year-old. That's how it works. Okay. I don't know. I, I really okay. had to go on a roundabout trip for that one. But, you know, <laughs> I hope CJ you, enjoyed that. You got us home. You got us I, home. I hope I hope CJ enjoyed that. All right. So, uh, by the way, so Twitch. The, 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 the implication there being that I didn't. But, yeah. Yeah, you didn't, though. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Mark Bertrand on YouTube said, what do you guys think about taking on Morazic's contract from Toronto as well as Nylander for Gibson and some picks or prospects? They need cap room, although they're very dependent. It's very dependent on if the Leafs can sign Campbell. I mean, William, the thing is, we already kind of know that the, the Leafs aren't blowing it up, right? I mean, yeah. and I think that well, it doesn't feel like you can't say you're not blowing it up or anything, not doing anything drastic and then trading William Nylander. And also, are we sure that goaltending was really the problem for the, the Maple Leafs in these playoffs? And even, I mean, in the regular season, yes, it was a problem, but they, they got through it. <sighs> to me, if you're, if you're the Leafs, that's a huge price to pay for an upgrade in net to lose William Nylander, who was one of their best players in that, in that first round defeat. So, I don't see that happening. If you're the Ducks, though, I mean, to kind of flip the, the, the script here, sure, yes. I mean, get William Nylander. Get that elite forward talent. That's what they need. Uh, that's what that that's what is going to change the course of, of the franchise trajectory right now. But I I just don't really see that happening. Just from the Toronto side, I don't, I don't know why they would do that unless they really think that goaltending is like singularly the, the problem and that – losing one of your best players is is going to change that um so yeah yeah all right so let's uh go to twitch so for anyone on our twitch stream uh first off if you're on youtube you're on your favorite podcast services you can find us at twitch.tv slash crash pond where you can uh like and subscribe or follow and uh subscribe to the channel if you have amazon prime you get one free twitch prime gaming sub each and every month where you do help support this channel more than you can imagine you get special emotes in the chat special badges next to your name and so we're gonna go to some questions uh someone's asking if the gear that i should get should be devil rays or new rays gear uh there's they have new they have a new look the tampa bay rays yeah yeah they're not the devil rays they haven't been what i can't oh tell if, oh oh i can't Sorry, i can't okay. tell if you're being sarcastic or not no i i didn't catch that part okay uh sure i mean i i'm staying out of this one okay um also lou i see your whitefish montana uh i don't have that uh uh, area set up on our obs right now because our voices don't appear on there so we're gonna have to bypass that complete shit show portion of it but uh you know what felix do you know what this weekend is memorial day do you know what's on memorial day weekend you moving do you know what else is on Memorial Day weekend? I give up. Double or nothing 2022, the third annual pay-per-view for oh for uh, AEW. Their first ever one was in 2019, double or nothing, the first one. So uh, we got a couple questions that I, I may, may or may not have completely just asked for on Twitch, but Tybal the Fiendblood had said, so the, just for your reference, the title match is Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. Who you got winning? CM Punk. Oh, it's a tough one. Tough one for me. First <laughs> I'm time say, I'm I, saying that, by the way, with zero knowledge or, this anything, is the f- or, or th- zero care. This is the first time probably going back to Cody versus Jericho that I don't know who's going to win. 
Every other one felt pretty obvious who was going to win, who wasn't, and I can't tell. I'm leaning. I want to say Paige, but I think it's going to be CM Punk, and we're going to get a heel CM Punk and a Summer of Punk coming from it. Uh, and Tybal Fiendbutt said, also, how long before Hookhausen title run? Can you just do me a favor really quickly, Felix? Yes. Google Danhausen. How do you spell it? D-A-N-H-A-U-S-E-N. Ugh. Why this guy's a wrestler. Like because he's very nice and very evil, and he's wrestling with Hook. That, and they, need, they, they need to go. They need to get win the title. He needs all the money. Are so those he needs real a tattoos? Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Great character. Great gimmick. Uh, DB Lowry said, uh, how many uh, Stingray stings would Felix take for the Ducks to win a cup? Zero. What about Montreal? <sighs> one. I'm at my limit. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> one. W- w- one additional one to this? No, one. Th- this, no. Like, this it, is the it, one. Th- th- this one does not count. Zero. I am not getting stung again for <laughs> any reason. Not even for Montreal to win the cup. I mean, maybe for like a like a life reason, like to make a million dollars or something, but not for not for something like that. It has okay. to directly benefit me. Okay. Uh, does Sasha Pastajov get a nine game look uh, with the Ducks next season? Uh, maybe. Are we sure he had a great season this year? Yeah, he's not the guy I'd be thinking about getting the nine game look. He also, had a hot start, and then he. I mean, he still had. A, I mean, he had a good season. He had a strong production overall but i don't know i don't know if they use that slot on him basically also i'm pretty positive he's eligible for the ahl because he was committed to college oh okay well that could change things certainly so i think that he was not drafted originally in the same way as other players were because he and because he had been playing in the ushl and was going to go to college he's actually i think eligible for the ahl don't quote me on that one though but i believe that is the case yeah, his star probability in, in hockey prospecting went down a lot. Went from 51% to 23% this okay. last year. So DB Lowry 3507 said, does Sasha Banks go to AEW? Oh, we have a Nazem Kadri hat trick. That's just excellent. I'm going to go with yes, but yes. Nazem Kadri hat trick in St. Louis after everything that's happened. Good for him. He deserves this. I'm not the biggest Nazem Kadri fan on the ice. Yeah, but he does a lot of that, objectionable stuff. But. but everything he's had to go through that is complete and total bullshit. He deserves this type of moment. Whew. Yeah, that's pretty good. Great, great for him. Great for him. Um, that Sasha Banks to AEW. Don't care. Okay, she was in the Mandalorian, Felix. Yeah, that's right. I mean, sure, go get go get that money. There you go. Oh, by the way, my question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for Obi-Wan? Very. Are you going to watch it in your new place? Is that going to be how you're going to christen your, your new place? That's the plan. Especially with your help to make sure a TV gets mounted. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Happy to help. Um, that's, I think, it, though, for us. We've made it an hour somehow. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Oh, does Getzloff win the Clancy? Uh, sure. Oh, God. Who's the other? I guess that's the one bit of news that uh, we didn't get oh. to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. What, I'll see. What, what, I don't remember what the Clancy was even, but yeah. I think it's like sport. It's like a, is it? No, it's not dedication to hockey. No, that's the Masterton. Isn't King Clancy just the, no. Is that the Mark Messier Leadership Award? I feel like it's similar. Given annually who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice. Okay. Uh, Let's see who the candidates are. Getzlaff, Nurse, and Subban. How is, I mean... Yeah, so okay, so it's it's part of it is leadership and humanitarian contributions. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just how do you give out this award and who's picking it? I don't know. I'll just say yes just to see him succeed, but Darnell Nurse and PK Subban are both heavily involved guys, so I hope I mean there's no bad winner here. <laughs> yep. All right. I think that's going to do it for us though. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys, and thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Uh, helped us basically have a show today, so we really do appreciate that. If you've been enjoying the show, if you've been enjoying uh, what we've been doing here, uh, there's a few ways to do that that are really easy for you. So you just go to p- the number one way. I think the number one way is to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond, where you can make a monthly pledge. And for $1 a month, which is the first tier, uh, you get access to our patrons-only Discord server, which is so much fun. 
it's the best hockey community I think that is out there online. Just a really fun group, a really supportive group, really just a, a healthy environment where you can have fun, discuss hockey, discuss food, other sports. It's great. I really recommend it. I can't honestly can't recommend it enough. That's for a dollar a month. For five dollars a month, you get access to that on top of two bonus Patreon episodes that we do where we'll go more into league-wide topics or we may hone in on a specific Ducks topics. Our last two shows, we've done our first round NHL Stanley Cup playoff predictions. We've done our round two predictions. We're going to get that train going. One thing I want to add here is that typically what happens come summer, just for anyone out there that's a new listener, is we kind of really pull it back in terms of the main show episode just as news starts to die down, different things like that. And then basically we kind of keep the Patreon episodes going just as our way to kind of check in, have some fun, shoot the breeze, everything like that. So that kind of becomes our our main way of uh, having podcasts over summer. Yep. Yep, exactly. So I think it's it's even more worth it during the summertime. You can also pledge $15 a month if you if you feel so inclined. And that's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Um, but you don't have to, to do it that way to, to help support us. Another great and easy way to do so, just search for us on Apple Podcasts search for Crash the Pond and leave us a rating and a review. If you do so, we will read it on the show. Uh, we love hearing from you guys there. You can also leave us a rating on Spotify. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash crash the pond. You can subscribe there. Make sure to turn on the notifications and leave a comment if you're watching us on YouTube. We love to hear from you guys. The, the YouTube comments are always entertaining. Um, and then, of course, you can find our website, crash the pond, crash the pond.com, crash the pond.com slash shop. So for the summertime, you can get yourself a nice Crash the Pond t-shirt. We also have coffee mugs, stickers that you can put on your car, whatever, whatever it is um, that you Here's want to put it sticker. on. Here's the sticker. Yeah. Yeah, that's the eggplant and jade version. So we've also got a black and orange version. So whether you're a fan of the retro or a fan of the new school, we've got you covered there. Um, check out Crash the Pond on Twitter, at Crash the Pond, and on Facebook. Jake is on Twitter, at ReindeerGames91, and I am on Twitter, at Felix underscore... Sicard, and I'm actually going to plug my article here at the fourth period. I've got one up right now uh, about the Ducks offseason. So go check that out. Thanks for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying the offseason. Hope you're enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. We're taking the week off next week, but we will be right back here two weeks from now talking Ducks. Bye.